If you know this prayer, please join me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Please be seated. A very dear friend of mine who was a choir member at my former church and also was a senior warden with me for many years. And these were crucial years where we lived through some great surprises in our church as things didn't always go as planned and yet new things unraveled the way that we'd never dreamed. And she had this great phrase that she would say that sometimes God doesn't give you what you want and you have to settle for something better. And that's the nature of grace. Technically speaking, what grace is, is a gift that you don't deserve. Something that goes beyond what, as the prayer book says, we could ask for or imagine. And our lives are constantly being exposed to grace, but the thing about grace is that usually it travels in surprising places. And it comes to us where we're least expecting it to be, and sometimes that makes it hard for us to accept and receive the, the grace that God is giving us. I love the way that the great William Sloan Coffin loved to put it. He loved to say this, God is not too hard to believe. God is too good to believe. And this is exactly what's going on in that reading that we had this morning from the Old Testament where Naaman is this powerful warrior, a celebrity in his age, and even though he is a great and powerful man, he is not whole because he suffers from a disease, a crippling disease of leprosy. And he dearly wants to be healed, but he doesn't know where to find that healing. Well, fortunately, there is a servant girl. Actually, she was a captive from the land of Israel, serving his wife. And this very unexpected voice, this very small, humble voice, speaks and says, you can have healing. In the land that I come from, the land of Israel, there is a man of God who can heal you. So of course, Naaman wants to be healed and he goes and then I, I think what happens is really comical. And the reason it's funny is because I think we can see ourselves in Naaman's foolishness. Well, he, he goes and takes a little bit of time, but finally he finds the prophet when the prophet offers him the healing, he says, go and dip yourself in the River Jordan seven times and you will be made clean. You will be made whole. And Naaman rejects this because he says, well, I thought you were going to do something more special than that. I'm a great man and you want me to just to dip in this water seven times? And, and furthermore, we've got better water back in my homeland. And you see what's happening He's not able to receive the gift of grace in the form that it's coming to, to him. We can relate to that, I think. But then Naaman does get over himself. He has a big ego, as we can see, and a friend of mine loves to say that ego stands for edging God out. He goes to the river and he follows the advice of the prophet, and he's transformed. He's not just transformed because he's healed. He's transformed because he goes into the water loving only himself. And he comes out of the water loving God. 
In the New Testament reading in the Gospel, we hear of Jesus sending out the people into the villages to spread the good news, to pronounce that the kingdom of God has come near. A friend of mine who is a preacher up in Vermont sent me a text message yesterday. I knew he was preparing a sermon on the same text at the same time, and there was no explanation, just one line in his text message. The kingdom has come nigh unto you. That wonderful King James Version way of saying, the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus tells his disciples that when they go into the villages, even when the villages cannot listen and hear and receive that good news, to proclaim it anyway, to tell the people that the kingdom has come near, even if you can't see or feel or receive it, it is still near you, and it is an option for you to open yourself up and receive it. And when I think about our country, I think that the act of listening is one of the things that has made our country a great country. Living here, we've now been here for a little less than three weeks, and I've always loved my country, but now living in Washington, D.C., it's a powerful experience to have these monuments surrounding us and to get to go to the museums. And one of the things that I'm struck by is how the people who formed this country heard voices that came from surprising places. And it's true, often those voices do get shut out, but sometimes those voices get heard and our country gets changed in the process. The act of listening is a holy thing to practice. It's a spiritual practice. It's a healing practice. It's where our growth may come from. I was listening to a podcast recently that was recommended to me. Alan Alda has a podcast where he brings people in and has a conversation. And you may remember Alan Alda, he's an actor. He was most famous on the show called MASH. And the guest that he had on that was recommended to me to hear, the guest was a person named Sarah Silverman. Some of you know who Sarah Silverman is, apparently. Uh, not who you would expect to be in a conversation that someone would recommend to a priest, even. Uh, Sarah Silverman's a comedian, very irreverent, but also brilliant. And she has an inquisitive mind. And she had created a TV show, and that was the reason she was on, to talk about her show. And the show was called I Love You, America. And what she did on her show is she went and found people who were not like-minded at all with her. And then the challenge was to see if she could break down some of the barriers and they could find some commonality, some ways that they could feel one with one another, which was not always what you expect to happen in these circumstances. And her phrase that she came back to several times in the conversation with Alan Alda was, if we all could just learn to put away our porcupine quills, we might be able to hear each other better. Even just momentarily, if we could learn to put down those porcupine quills, we might learn something. Now, it's not about giving up your long-held views to listen. To listen takes courage, takes humility, just like the courage and humility that Naaman had to learn in order to find his own healing. The real takeaway from this conversation that stayed with me is what Alan Alda then said. 
Alan Alda, the actor, he said, you know, as an actor, the way to really be an actor is to be sure that you are listening to what the other characters are saying so that your character can be changed by what he or she hears. And then, almost like he had this little epiphany in the moment, he said, you know, really, you are not really listening unless you are willing to be changed by what you will hear. Imagine holding that standard for listening. Imagine if we could hold ourselves to that and maybe ask others to hold themselves to it as well in a respectful way to realize you're not really listening unless you're willing to be changed by what you will hear. Listening to other people, I believe, is a holy thing, but listening to God is also, of course, a holy thing. And it turns out, I believe, that one is related to the other, just as we are called not only to love God, but also to love our neighbors. In this country, at this time, I think we could learn a lot from these lessons. And so today, as we celebrate our country, as we continue this long Independence Day week, and we sing these wonderful hymns and pieces of music, we're going to end the service with the phrase, we'll all be singing, God shed his grace on thee. It's about grace. And my prayer is not only that God will shed God's grace upon us, but that we will have the courage and the humility to truly receive that grace. Amen. <laughs>